Welcome to Masters of Business, a show that gives you real-world techniques, cutting-edge strategies, and extraordinary insights for managers and leaders who want to develop the business acumen needed to go faster and farther in their business careers. Now, here's the master himself, Stephen Haynes. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Stephen Haynes, and I've created this show, Masters of Business, to guide business people on their journey to leadership success, leveraging the core constructs of business acumen. And I was realizing that I actually created something called a business acumen canvas that people may want to get access to. So if you go to business-acumen.com on some tools and resources, you'll be able to find this canvas. And I think it'll be helpful for you to see some of those constructs. And as, as you are all learning now um, that the this is available both as a podcast as well as a vidcast on YouTube, and we'll see how long that lasts, okay? So, um, and of course, because there's a video and it's not audio, I still have to look at my notes. Um, and, and so here we go. So I, um, Aaron Bedetto is my guest today, and he has spent most of his career in product management, an area that I am intimately familiar with, as you may all know. And um, he worked at companies like Citrix Systems in the Silicon Valley, which is anybody who works in the Valley you know, you got a little bit of an edge on the world and some other companies like Pitney Bowes and Walters Kluwer. But Aaron and I were talking recently and he he switched careers. Holy smokes. He is, he is chief customer success officer for a company called Object Frontier Software. Now, here's what's interesting. I go and do a LinkedIn lookup on Chief Customer Success Officer. I really not heard of this job before. And holy smokes, there are 770,000 people who do this job, give or take a few, because that's what LinkedIn says. And I'm thinking, all right, there's got to be something going on here. So I said to Aaron, you know, you got to come on this show and tell me what the heck is going on. How does a product and business guy get into this job? So tell me the whole, like, you got to tell me the story behind this because people want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Tell me, tell us what's going on. Hi. First of all, Stephen, thank you so much for having me. It's really uh, my pleasure to be joining you. Thank you so much for asking. Sure. Uh, secondly, you know, I, I, like you said, I've been in product management my whole career. And, uh, you know, uh, you know as well as I do that, you know, in order to be successful in product management, the number one thing that you have to focus on is ensuring that your customers are seeing the value of the solutions that you're providing. Oh, and then- just stop right there. Oh, my, right, got, right, right there. That's it. <laughs> yes, of That's course. That's product management. <laughs> Why, why is, you know, it's interesting. You'll tell, tell, you know, I want to just plant another seed, right? Because I, I really do want to understand that. I think people want to know about your career journey, but um, this idea behind customers, like it should, it's not supposed to be alien. And to some people it is. Yeah. And a lot of time we, we, we like to create a solution in search of a problem, right? And I know that's an overused phrase, but I've just seen it so much in my career. And if, if you really do flip it the other way around and, and, and listen to your customers, understanding what their pervasive pains are, right? You'll be able to deliver solutions that add value not only to them, but also in a B2B space to their customers as well. Um, and that's that's really the where I've, I've built success over the years is listening to customers, understanding customers. Uh, it's a little difficult for me in customer conversations not to talk, being Italian, of course, 
but you know, making sure that you're employing active listening, right? And you're paying attention to what your customers are doing and contextual inquiry, all that sort of good stuff really helps you understand where their daily pains are, what their leadership is expecting of them, what their team members are expecting of them, what are their quarterly goals, business goals, right? Um, so listening to customers, providing a solution that provides value to customers is really the key to everything that we do in business. So, so first of all, you know, we, I hear this term from a lot of people, customer pain. And I'm thinking like, did they get a cut in their arm? I mean, what, what is a customer pain? You know, I, like I, I'm a customer of companies. I'm a pain in the neck for customer for, for companies, right? Because sometimes, because my expectations of like service and support are so incredibly high. Actually, I think they're really normal, but I think, you know, companies don't necessarily step up to the plate, but that's sort of an editorial comment, right? But what, what does this thing called customer pain mean? I've really noticed that customer pain comes from impediments to doing their job, mm. right? If, if your customer's customer needs to accomplish something, right? If your customer needs to accomplish something, but there's no process, there's no solution to, to help them solve those things, that's where pain starts, right? And, and what we're looking at here, or what I often look at is, you know, going to sit with a customer actually for a day, understanding what it is they're doing, understanding when, you know, they turn around to get a book off the shelf, a binder off the shelf behind them. Why are they doing that? What's in there that they need in order to accomplish the thing that they're trying to accomplish? And why is that already not at their fingertips, right? Yeah, that's that's interesting. But to you're, you're talking about the fact that you have to see pain to to feel their pain, mm -hmm. uh, you know, been, this has not been the most um, um, conducive environment, if you will, um, to see customers or to feel customers or to be able to walk in their shoes. Um, can that be a problem now? Yeah, it's very, very difficult now, of course, since you can't just go visit a customer and watch them do their daily routine. What, what, what a lot of us in the industry are doing is kind of employing uh, active listening techniques, right? Usually we start off a conversation about, listen, what's your strategic, strategic roadmap for the year? What are the top three organizational goals that your company is trying to achieve over the next 12 to 18 months? Get them to just start talking about what it is that they're doing on a daily basis to, to achieve those goals. And then ask a couple of very pointed questions. Are there any issues, right? Is it difficult for you to accomplish any of these things? Or what are the risks that you see in not achieving these goals? What are the risks to your customers, to your business, maybe even to your own career, right? Pain can be kind of grouped into three different areas, right? There's pain for the business, maybe financial pains, and then, of course, personal pains as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I recall some of the consumer brand companies um, are really good at, at, I think it's called ethnography. And sometimes they use video ethnography, which is where they'll literally put a video camera in place and observe them doing what they're doing, all right? Um, and then maybe they'll ask them questions. But, um, you know, I, I recall in my corporate life, um, salespeople and account guys would say, you know, what's keeping you up at night, which is one of those things I like 
please. I mean, <laughs> you know, what keeps me up at night is that I had something bad to eat, not something else. And that's a different, a different story. Um, but as you were talking about even having these remote conversations or Zoom conversations, right, we, could, we can actually see somebody. Um, I, what I have learned is how do you, like, it's almost like an open-ended question. What were you doing when you did this? What were you trying to do? Um, and then, you know, you talk about like, what was your impediment? Um, what distracted you? So you can set the groundwork in, in customer interviewing, but ultimately you've got to be able to draw an insight and a sample of one doesn't always work. And how do you figure out how to come up, come up with these common denominators? And I want to tie them back to not just understanding needs and motivations of a customer, because that's critical to business acumen, but how do you integrate those into insights that can help you make better decisions and think strategically? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and the answer right. is you, you, you have to talk to many customers. Right. Mm -hmm. One one of the things I think that helps people develop really good business acumen is developing perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And the best way to develop perspective is really to talk to a wide range of customers. I've talked to a lot of my peers. You know, they'll talk to two or three customers and say, "Okay, I've got it. I understand the problem set. Right. Um, And I don't really think that that's enough, in my personal opinion. Right. I tend to see, you know, around seven or eight, maybe even nine conversations with different customers to start to see trends, right? Because then you really get a large picture of what are the top most pervasive issues that customers in a particular market or a particular vertical are facing, right? Then you can go away and you can start solutioning internally and, and making sure you, you, you further clarify that pain, uh, go back to the customer and say, hey, this is really what I think I heard from you. You know, are we spot on? And I think that's something that a lot of people miss too, Stephen, is to go double check with the customer before they go off in solution. No, I don't. I don't want to like lead the witness here, but um, there there are people in business who may not be as customer um, focused, um, meaning they may not have the reason to be. Now, you can have customer um, service people or support people or technicians or salespeople or marketing people who have some sort of customer interaction. But then there are other people inside of the organization, people who might work in finance or HR or marketing or um, operations or even people who work in factories. They don't understand necessarily the things that they're doing and how they impact the customer's way of life. Now, we may not have talked about this even even before we we had this conversation, but are there any insights that you can bring? And I'll I'll share some experiences with you afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I think the most important thing to know is that everybody owns customer success, right? Mm-hmm. So in in my transition from product management to to a chief customer officer here at Object Frontier, one of the things that I've been trying to do is to make sure that everybody understands who our customers are what our customers are trying to accomplish and why our customers are asking us to help them deliver software solutions for their customers, right? And bringing the customer in to every conversation is something that I'm doing myself. I'm asking my team to do. I'm asking the rest of the executive leadership team to constantly think about, right? How does this decision affect our customers? 
how are our customers going to utilize the thing we're talking about? How will it benefit them and bring more value to them? You know, it's interesting. Um, one of the things I used to do back in my corporate life um, was I would bring other people with me on, on customer visits and, and interviews. And it took some doing, right? How do you lobby their bosses? You know, how do you lobby, you know, the, the leader of technology to let you bring an engineer or, or a systems engineer on site to observe um, goings on in the customer environment? Um, how do you make sure that you're bringing other people together? And then the other part was not only lobbying them, right? Because, I mean, as as a as a business person, I have and I'm a process oriented person. I was involved a lot in process or, or um, automation in my career, so I th see things in logical steps. You know, customers or people who are operating in an environment do this, 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 and this. Okay, um, and if you look at processes, you're saying, well, how do I? improve? How do I look for areas that can deliver better value, shorten steps and things like that? But I also suffer from um, something I call refrigerator blindness. I don't know if I ever made it up, but it's like, hi, where's the, I opened the refrigerator, where's the ketchup? And like, there's the ketchup right in front of me. But other people who have maybe more empathy might be able to open up the proverbial refrigerator in the customer's location and say, oh, there's the ketchup. And they see things Differently, there was a woman who worked for me once. She, um, her background was in psychology. She was more customer empathic than I'd ever seen in my entire life. Also, made a great product person. Anyway, I know I I, I do go off on his own, but um, getting people to join in on the party. Um, but there's another thing, and that is how do you bring it back into the lab? How do you bring it back into the company? Have you ever done that where you've brought customers in or you've brought people in so that others can see? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think the way you bring that back into the organization is to make sure that everybody who's working on a particular program or a particular project understands the why. Right. I think we focus a lot as leaders on what we need to do. Right. We need to do this for this customer. We need to do that for that customer. But what we don't do is really focus on the why. What are we trying to enable our customers to accomplish by doing this? What is the real pain? Again, the word pain. What is the real pain that we're that we're providing a solution for? I wonder as I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could do some spot checking? Like if we went onto the line or we went to a lab or or something and we said, so tell me what you're doing. And like, almost like you're interviewing them, right? Hi, what are you doing? And um, who are you doing it for? And could you imagine this? Well, what I do helps our customers to do this. And I'm really happy to be associated with this. Could you imagine what that means? Mm -hmm. um, you know, even like to a production line worker. And, and it dawns on me that we as leaders need to bring others into the conversation of customer, because if it's not for customer, then who, what are we doing in business? All right. Somebody's got to buy the products that we sell. So I think that's important, but I want to go back to you a little bit, right? Because part of this show is built on some of the things that you have done and where you've grown as a, as a business person and as a leader with this business acumen stuff at the core. Can you talk a little bit about that and even maybe how that helped you switch your career around? Sure. Um, actually, can you, can you, what, what question are you asking? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, let, let's simplify. Let's say, um, how did you, how did this whole, you, in terms of even managing a career um, and, and how you evolved and how you've learned about business and how businesses work, how has that helped you to get to where you are? Ah, good, good. So I think the primary, the primary thing that's helped drive my career is, is asking questions, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? I think in business, the okay. first step is, is admitting that you don't know everything, right? There's so much that we don't know. Um, and I found that a lot of times in my career, there's a lot of fear involved in admitting that there's things that you don't know, right? I mean, we're nervous that we're going to be judged by our peers. We're nervous that we're going to be judged by our leadership, maybe be passed over for a promotion or, or worse off, you know, be included in, in a layoff, right? Um, but what I've been learning, uh, sometimes the hard way, but learning in my career is that it's okay to ask questions, Right. Um, as an example, just about a month ago, you know, I'm in a new executive level role, never been in an executive level role before, right? And the decisions that we make at this level have a direct impact on both the business and the people that we're responsible for. It's a lot of responsibility. So you don't want to just make decisions about things lightheartedly. So there was an organizational challenge that I had uh, about a month or so ago, and I just was racking my brain and I could not come up with a solution that I was confident would, would work for everybody involved. And you know, instead of just making a decision and implementing it and moving forward, I called on my peers. I called on the rest of the executive team. And, and was I scared to do that? Yes, absolutely. Even now, I was still nervous about doing that. Uh, but I called on them and, and you know, the CEO, right? I called on them and I said, listen, guys, can we brainstorm for 30 minutes on this? You know, I have some ideas on how I would like to move forward on this, but I really would like to get your insights on, on that. And everybody gladly said, yes, let's get on a Zoom call. Let's talk it through and let's come up with a solution. And I think that really encompasses, Stephen, one of the main ways that I like to do things now. Um, is more often than not, a team of people will come up with probably a better solution than a single mind sitting in a room or sitting in a queue working on on their own can do. You know, and and it really it brings me to this this, this these thoughts and ideas, um, uh, things that you're talking. And how do you actually tie things that you've done in your past? And and, and I'm going to try to see if I can corral some of these things because some of these things are very very insightful, and I think our audience would really appreciate these things. So, um, as a business person, you've you've done a lot of different things in your career, um, and in in, in product. Um, you have to. You have to know everything about the the essence of your business and the customers who buy your stuff and the people you're up against in the marketplace. But there's this idea of involvement. Okay, um, I hear terms like you have to learn how to collaborate, you have to communicate, and those become muted to me sometimes. Muted terms because you hear them so often that the meeting is lost. And if we're able to act on that, so what, is it, what does acting on it mean? Well, whether you're collaborating, collaborating with your customers, meaning involving them, or when you hit a career roadblock. You, you said, I'm newer in the executive suite. I don't have all the answers. Well, um, a, a great leader knows that. 
Um, and they they know it because they've made mistakes. They also know it because um, they encounter situations that were just not anticipated. But other people do. And in you know, in developing business acumen, that sort of sixth sense for business by involving other people, okay? It just increases your ability to draw insights, to connect the dots, to think more strategically, and also about how you earn credibility, how you gain political capital, which are all part and parcel to the building blocks of business acumen. And um, if so if, if you had a, a couple of parting words of advice for our audience, what do you think those, what would you like to suggest for them? I think there's a couple of things, right? And, and the, the first is, Kind of the definition of servant leadership. Um, and I think that's something super important that we all should be thinking about, right? We should be thinking about the success of our team. The way I've always tried to be a leader is, is to see my role as enabling my team to be successful, first and foremost. My job is here to remove impediments for them, right? To understand, to make sure they understand what success looks like. How can I help them achieve their goals, right? And if you put your teams first and your organization first, right, and try and enable them to be success, then ultimately success for everyone will follow. I think. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. I think. I think that's really the first thing. Uh, you know that that I'd, I'd like to leave people with. The second thing is, it's okay not to have all the answers, right? Um, it's a hard lesson that we have to learn, but let's be honest, right? We all have a BS meter, right? And we all know when that meter starts to go off. And what happens when you're listening to someone and, and your meter starts to go off? You turn off, right? I mean, everybody knows this. So it's okay to, to admit and to ask questions, even to customers, by the way. Um, a number of times I've said to a customer, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't understand, or I don't know, and I'm going to have to get back to you later, right? And, and, and they, they have much more respect for people who, who just admit that up front rather than someone who will just talk and talk and talk to fill up time. So, I, so I, I'm going to conclude with, uh, I just wrote them down, three points, um, humility, genuineness, and approachability. I think that those are, you know, some of the, I don't wouldn't call them, I don't know that they're written down rules. I know that they're things and characteristics of people, but I think that as people who are listening to this, as they assimilate some of the various topics and of the guests that, that appear, um, will start to build a picture in their mind's eye of, 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 of success. What does success look like? What does success feel like? Whether it's the success of your customer or the success of your business or your success as a career person. And, 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 and Aaron, I, I really, I need to um, really extend my deepest thanks for um, appearing on the show today because um, some of these insights are truly, truly invaluable. And with that, um, that brings us to the conclusion of another episode of Masters of Business. And I hope you'll join us um, next time on a, on a hopefully a, a great show. I have a whole list of, of people who I um, have slated to appear. And um, if you know anybody um, who uh, you think may share some great stories, that would be great as well. So until next time, I'm Stephen Haynes for Masters of Business. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Masters of Business with Stephen Haynes, a podcast that captures the ideas and lessons learned from thinkers and leaders in business. 
If you'd like to take your company to the next level, consider the courses and books from the Business Acumen Institute. To learn more, go to business-acumen.com.